Hello and welcome to the Marseille View. I'm Stefan, I'll be your host tonight and I'm joined tonight by Ryan and Arno joining us from the OM Nation San Francisco group. Hi guys. Hello. Hi guys. And I've also got Ben joining us from London. Hi Ben. Hi everyone. Um, so yeah, so this is our third edition or third summer edition of the podcast. So as the last two episodes have gone, we will have a look around the Mercato, but we're also going to talk a lot today about the pre-season, particularly the recent OM US tour, which is really good why we've got you two on from the States, actually, because hopefully you'll have some good insight into how the tour's gone down. So we'll start off tonight by looking at the pre-season games in, in the US, and then we'll have a look at the, the new coach and our sort of first impressions of Vilas Boas and his tactics and playing style and look at some of the players as well, like the young players that we've seen getting some minutes over the last few friendlies. And then we'll we'll have a look at the Mercato and look at some of the new new arrivals, departures and rumours that we've seen in the recent weeks. So yeah, I think with the first item, just thinking about Marseille's pre-season, so Marseille um, in the last week have been in the States, um, in Washington, D.C. as part of the U.S. tour. It's the first time the club actually, I, I believe, have ever gone to the U.S. Came on the back of some quite disappointing initial pre-season friendlies in the U.K. where Marseille were beaten by Rangers 4 nothing in, in Glasgow and beaten as well by Accrington Stanley, which is a... Third or fourth tier English side? I'm not sure exactly, but quite a... a I think it's fourth tier. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the expectations perhaps weren't necessarily high in terms of performances, but OM have just come on the back of victories against Santa Etienne, Bordeaux and DC United. Firstly, just looking at the games, what do you think about the games? And we can start with the first match. If he's like against Bordeaux, how do you think Marseille have been performing? Hi, oh, yes. Uh, so, hello here. Um, yeah, I think I've been the only OM fan uh, in Washington, D.C. for the three games. Uh, there were fans um, on and off for at least one or two of the other games, but I think I've been one of the only one uh, there at the stadium for the three games who was not local, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, before I can start, yeah, I will uh, uh, say a little tribute to um, uh, Depe, I think he, yeah, he passed away a few few years ago. It's an anniversary, so um, big up to to him. He's one of the is the founder of uh, the MTP fans. Um, but yeah, to 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 answer your questions, um, the the three games I think were first demonstration that the OM fans in the US are much better than OM fans in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? We have three victories, guys. Okay, first. Free match of uh, <laughs> I mean in the in the US in North America and free victories and and a trophy. Um, uh, jokes aside, uh, yeah, no, on the pitch, uh, I think um, uh, AVB was uh, more ready uh, about this game and he, he 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 maybe took also these games more seriously. Even if he he made um, uh, a lot of uh, youngsters uh, play, um, but yes, I think the fact that we were playing against other um, league um, uh, teams like. Uh, uh, Bordeaux and Saint Etienne uh, was uh, uh, a good preparation. Um, even if um, AVB um, uh, say that yes, it was not ideal to go to the uh, US in terms of preparation, uh, it still recognized it was number one important for us, uh, the fans in the US, and to uh, for the OM brand to to expand in the US. Uh, number two, that yes, the facilities were were still good. Um, and number three, that yes, at least by playing against uh, other league league games, 
Ligue 1 teams, um, it was a good preparation. So it was uh, overall like um, serious games, um, still uh, yeah, um, good good level and uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's uh, there are good signs that because they are some of the most competitive uh, Ligue 1 teams that was there, and um, it's still good for the the, the confidence. And I think uh, even uh, though AVB took this game seriously. Um, by making some youngsters uh, play uh, and having them perform rather well, I think it, it, it gave us uh, good chances to to have them um, on the field also for the actual competition. So, so overall, I think yeah, it's, it was a good uh, good experience. Okay, good. Um, what about you guys? How did you find the, the the games in the US? Do you think Marseille performed well, or do you think they they're still struggling in the in the preseason? I'll let the I superior US fans answer first. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't even <laughs> say anything because I'm I'm here in San Francisco and I didn't even show up in DC, so I feel I'm a little humiliated. But uh, I'm thankful that Ar- the Arno got to be there for us and represent me and the team, uh, the club here in San Francisco. Well, wish you could um, see the games, though. It was quite difficult, I think, for some of us to get to see the games just because yeah. of the timing. No, I agree. Uh, definitely, what three in the morning or something there, two a.m. or something. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was really only able to watch them because of uh, my Canal subscription. But um, still kind of hard to get to watch them here. But, but uh, They weren't televised on U.S. television, no? I don't, I don't believe they were. I, I watched them on BN Sports 2 France is the only way okay. I was able to watch them. Um, and even the D.C. United match, I don't believe, was televised other than just the YouTube stream. Oh. Uh, however, I, I mean, honestly, I, I was... Going into this, I was a little bit nervous just because, like you guys are talking about, I mean, we lost to a fourth-tier team. And, uh, you know, however, I mean, I was very impressed watching the Bordeaux match. I watched it again last night. And, um, you know, I felt like they played well together as a team. Uh, and it, it to me, it felt like they were ready for the season. I mean, honestly, these same players that we've been complaining about in last, you know, in the last <laughs> end of last season, I thought they, they played fairly well together. And, uh, I mean, I, I was impressed with uh, – with that game, the San Etienne game, I didn't, I didn't get to finish watching the entire match. But even then, I mean, I thought there was a lot of good stuff going on there. Um, just like Arno was saying, I mean, even with AVB here complaining about uh, the conditions, or not the conditions, but saying, you know, this is probably not the best place and he's ready to go back to France. I thought that considering all of that, they did, they did really well. I mean, it, I think it, it made a good impression uh, for us here in the States. Um you know, it, it would have been nice. Uh, it's one of the things we were talking on the side is if uh, Lee Gun did a better job advertising this and trying to get more people there. And it just, it, it was kind of disappointing seeing the stands just so empty for the Lee Gun matches, you know. I read something on, I think on Twitter or something, where someone had said that it was sold out, the DC game. But when I watched the game, the stadium looked quite empty, so I don't know. It did, yeah. Where that came from? If that was just something, you know, just well, just rubbish floating around. But but yes, yeah, so I was expecting it to be, yeah, a bit busier than that. Yeah. I think uh, I think Arnaud commented on that, saying that there was a massive thunderstorm just before kickoff. So a lot of people for stayed the DC in the DC match, right? Yeah. yeah, for the DC match. So I think a, mm-hmm. a lot of people stayed in the like, in in the actual stadium in the bar area. Uh-huh. And then it did it did fill up gradually, but yeah, it wasn't it was nowhere near sold out. But it, it would have been nice to see more fans just, you know, for the OM Bordeaux or Saint Etienne or any of the other matches that took place. I think they didn't handle that as well as they could have. But 
it is what it is, you know, at least they got to come here and play and, you know, maybe plant some seeds and some new fans here. That's kind of what I'm hoping. Get people yeah. interested in, in Liga. Yeah. So. I think one of the things that we forget, you know, across the other side of the Atlantic is how big the States is, though. So, you know, just because OM are playing in the US, they're playing in the East Coast, that doesn't mean that people are going to be able to, OM fans in the States are going to necessarily be able to go, you know, because there's so exactly. much travelling to get there. Um, Arno, mm-hmm. I mean, you'll be able to answer this, but was there quite a lot of representation of, you know, of OM fans from, from different parts of the States or not? Uh, no, yeah, to, to, to answer your questions, yes, uh, because we have uh, Daya fans in San Francisco, Miami, uh, New York, Montreal, um, even uh, Chicago, Toronto, there were some fans of OM there. But to give some context about the overall success of attendance in, at, the, at the tour, um, number one, um, the announcement of this tour was pretty late. Uh, I think it was just like less than two months before the, the tournament. And many fans, like Ryan, uh, they yeah, had already had their, plans. <laughs> exactly. They had booked their holidays already, right? So even yeah. if Di- Ryan would have killed to, to, to join the game, I mean, um, he had booked his holidays with the entire family already. So that's mm-hmm. why it was too much of a last notice, uh, number one. Um, number two, yes. Uh, again, yes, the first games were like between French teams in the US and it was never been the case before. So it, we are not like names like Barcelona or Real Madrid to, to attract uh, just with our names. Uh, and number three, yeah, the city choice was pretty specific. I would have imagined that the ideal case for first tour would have been more New York or maybe Miami, you know, like um, uh, cities or maybe uh, uh, LA or San Francisco, but cities where you have a, a big um, uh, French diaspora, French, French population that would attract their friends, American friends, to watch the game. Uh, in DC, the population, the French population are more like uh, the embassy ones, so, and they are not the most uh, uh, fanatic uh, type of population. So, I think this choice uh, alone, yeah, was, uh, was was tricky. And we had some Marseille fans who were actually traveling to New York and they just saw that Marseille was playing in D.C. So they, they just came from New York for, for that. But uh, okay, but right. it, 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 sh- it shows that, yes, the late notice, the choice of city um, was also um, specific. Um, that without saying that also the league, uh, because it was not Marseille who organized the tour, it was the league, uh, the French league. Uh. Um uh, they, they they committed to a three-year contract with uh, uh, Audi Field, the stadium of DC United. So I think in the coming years they will come back to Washington. So, I mean, there is choices to be uh, argued with, but uh, at least they made it. At least they made it to the US. So we have to um, to recognize that and we'll still be grateful about that. But yes, that explains a lot about their overall attendance. And yes, uh, again, obviously... Most of the people they they showed up not for the games between French teams because they didn't know much with these French teams, but for, they more have tickets for like the games versus DC United. The only thing is that yes, like an hour an, and a half before the game, so when people normally leave um, to go to the stadium, it was like pouring water, like it was raining like very very strongly. Uh, so. So I I think maybe if if many people were also invited by the club or whatever, um, they they didn't just come because they, they were scared to be because only like a portion of the stadium is like protected from the rain uh, with a roof. So uh, that's why may may have explained. And uh, even if 
at the moment of the kickoff, yeah, he, he stopped playing he, and he was good enough. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it, I think it, uh, he, he didn't play um, a good um, good thing uh, for the for, for the DC United fans. But overall, yeah, still uh, Marseille fans, we managed to some Marseille fans managed to to be there to to be loud and to show that uh, everywhere is our home. So and uh, the journalists, yeah, because I have had the chance to to give several uh, interviews. Uh, they saw that yes, we have Marseille fans are crazy. They are all over the world, and even if all these conditions uh, you make it uh, struggling, we still uh, managed to to be there and to to be loud. So at least uh, we did our job. Brilliant, yeah. yeah, yeah. Credit credit to all you guys, yeah. Because uh, just just to bounce on that point. I mean, I I watched your your stream of it, Arnaud, for a while, and then I realised it was on YouTube for the DC game. But, yeah, you guys would, would knew all the chants, everybody looked excited, and, yeah, we, we are the only French team that, that has that, that passionate following. So it, it was really cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I enjoyed watching you on, on Twitter as well, Arnaud, and yeah. just getting, you know, like pictures <laughs> and seeing what was going on in the States and, you know, um, actually seeing that, as you mentioned, you know, there was groups of supporters from quite, you know, um, different parts of the country, quite far away from, you know, the different OM nation groups and stuff. So that looked really good to see people get together. You know, we don't, I mean, we had our, we, we, we went to a recent pre-season friendly in um, Burton, which is in north, sort of north, well, Midlands of England. And yeah, I mean, there was lots of folk from London and a few of us from other places. But, they, you know, the, the area is nothing like the States. It's a tiny country in, compa- in comparison. So, yeah, that's really cool to see, like, you know, groups of supporters from so such, you know, different lands get together, you know. Um, and it just really shows you the extent in which um, OM as a club, as a brand, can really spread, you know, if you've, that you've got people. Um, I mean, largely, you know, as you said, French diaspora maybe, but um, there's people, you know, from all over the place that, um, that love this club. So, yeah, really good to see. Um, can I make a shout-out to someone? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, at the OD field, yeah, um, I, I started to see some master judges, so... For me, the Marseille kit is a passport, is a social passport. If you see someone, you know it's a brother or sister. So I started to talk with them, and so there was um, uh, Daniel and Sharon, who were actually um, from DC, and uh, they traveled to uh, Marseille, and they fell in love with uh, OM, and so they were wearing a lot of um, OM OM kits, and they were like uh, strong supporters. And I also met Liu. So Liu is a Chinese um, OM diehard fan, who was living in Florida, and he traveled from Florida specifically for this game. And um, he himself, he fell in love with OM because he was in love, uh, in love with Ravanelli, uh, if you remember. His, his, his girlfriend was also wearing a drug bar jersey, and he's planning to, to launch um, his uh, own uh, OM uh, fan club in, in China. Um, so that's a crazy story that you could see that, yes. Uh, awesome. You could, you could also find stories like that, so... Uh, so eventually, yeah, you, you could have a, a Chinese fan club uh, uh, about uh, OM soon because of this trip in the US. So that's uh, that's the magic of it, yeah. Absolutely agreed. And I think, like, you know, the club doing, make it, doing tours like this and meeting fans as well, like, like we had in England, um, makes a big difference, you know. And the more people 
talk about Marseille, the more the the not just the opportunity to get to see them, but just the more like people like yourself, where you're, you know, you're meeting each other, you're talking about it. People then are going away and setting up their own clubs and groups and projects and stuff. The more like OM as a club can spread, it only helps, doesn't it, to have people, you know getting together and, and, and supporting the club. Yeah, and Marseille played beautifully. I mean, uh, against DC United, uh, the game was very fluid. And, and then you started to see the influence of AVB because all the training sessions with AVB are like with the ball. I mean, it doesn't do like uh, just training session just for the, the cardio or the, and the physical aspect. It's every time with the ball. And, um, and the players, they, they are very happy about that. We have some insiders to, to give us some... Um, inside about it and I think yeah maybe it has an impact and I, you could see some some sessions um, especially uh, uh, against DC United but even uh, uh, at the games of uh, uh, against Bordeaux and Saint Etienne with like uh, fluid passes and, and beautiful games so obviously uh-huh. if you want to to attract new fans I mean that's uh, an important component to to offer a beautiful game because when I interview a lot of um, Barcelona fans who are not from Barcelona or not from Spain, uh, the m- number one argument they say about the, why they support this team is because they play well, you know. So at least it was good to have a, a, a VB style already in place for the for these games. Absolutely, yeah. Um, just g- going back to that, you know, about the actual performances on the pitch, um, you know, so we all recognise that the results were better this time. Um you know, the DC game was something of its own, I think. But just thinking about the first two games, you know, against Ligan opposition, they were quite. Com- they looked like quite competitive games. No, given that I think you've got clubs come together that are rivals, they, it, it felt like a bit more serious than say some of the the friendlies we'd seen before. Mm-hmm. Do you not agree? Uh-huh. Yeah, it did get a bit heated. Yeah, it get a, got a bit uh-huh. heated, didn't it? At the end of the Sutter Ten game, there was a bit of a scuffle, wasn't there? But um, yeah, it's it's good. I mean, look, you know, back back on just the final word on the, the the league promoting the you know French football abroad and stuff. This is only the first edition, so it will grow and it will get better. Yeah. I think they will learn their lessons. But yeah. um, yeah, I mean, as you say, the contents of the games. I think Marseille were atrocious in the first half against Bordeaux, and then we came to life. Um, uh-huh. I think he he made AVB made a slight tactical adjustment, and this probably plays into the next topic, which is AVB. But it, it it actually feels like he's adapting our game plan to the opposition, which is something that Rudy Gassa didn't seem to do. He just seemed to assume that our game plan would work. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and you see, I, I I was really interested to see that at half time, for example, against Bordeaux, in the second yeah. half when we came back out, he made the adjustments for us necessary for us to take control of the game and. That you know that was that was really good to see because he adapts he 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 plays to win, um, and then just on on the content itself. I mean you know we've we've spent two years of watching the, the guys try and go down the wing, try and get a cross in, and we don't have a single striker in the box. I don't think I think for the 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 game against um, well for a few of the games actually for a few of the goals we scored, Valère Germain was nowhere to be seen. He wasn't even in the penalty area. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know if that's deliberate and, and Touchwood will get a new striker soon anyway, but it's, I, I, I just find it really, really refreshing to see we're actually playing football. We, we're trying to combine yes. in the middle of the park as well. We're, we're doing little triangles where we, we're flicking on to other players. We're trying to, to run in behind. And it's just, it's just really, really you know, refreshing after the last two years to see 
we're actually trying different things and we and we have more than one game plan. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ryan, have you got any thoughts? On the, the, oh, the a, absolutely. I mean, the combinations in the Bordeaux and Saint Etienne game. I mean, it's it was like Arno said, it was it was beautiful football, in my opinion. Like I, I was not bored watching those matches. And uh, I mean, in the Bordeaux match, I mean, <laughs> Godsar and Payet. I mean, it, to me, they played so well together. Uh, Strutman. In the second half, I mean, shoot, it was what I wanted to see all, you know, second half of last season. I thought they played really well together. So I, I was really impressed with uh, what AVB did in those two games. You know, you talked about the, the passing and the moves and stuff. I felt like just in possession, we looked more like a ball-playing team um, in the mm-hmm. games that i seen the last three games, um, which is really good. Um because what well, we want, we, I mean, I think most of us we want to see a sort of you know an attractive style of football, or possession football. But um, the game against Rangers before the preseason, I don't know if you all got to see it, but it was the opposite. We were just, you know, we were running around like headless chickens. We couldn't get the ball. We were getting ripped apart. But again, against um, yeah, the, the the three EA league and games matches, we were just like just moving the ball around really comfortably, and I felt yeah. like I could see as well players like. Um, Sanson and Lopez just kind of, I could see them work, finally working together in a midfield which yep. is something we haven't really actually seen um, in the last couple of years, you know, so I feel like there's I felt like there's a lot of potential being shown there about what the what we could actually do with the the, the squad that we've got um, so yeah um, if you guys got any players that you think um, you're based on the pre-season games that you're excited about seeing what they can offer through the um, the course of the season, anyone that stood out for you? Well, um, yeah, I think I, you touched on it, Ryan. I, I was very impressed with Streetman. Um, uh-huh. Payet as well has to be said. I mean, in, 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 in the sort of game itself, in the system, he's still finding his feet. You can tell he's still adjusting and yeah. he's not, you know, he doesn't necessarily look like the player he looked a year ago where he was, he was running the game and he was our playmaker. I think he's, he's getting back into that rhythm, but he scored three goals. So uh, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Streetman was you know, pleasant surprise to see that he performed very, very well. Um, he looks like he's, he's taken on more of a leadership to role in that midfield. Um, so that those for me were the, the main two positives. I think the, the only negative really was was Morgan Sanson. He, he he looks out of sorts. I don't know if he's short on fitness or something, but I wasn't very impressed with him. Really, I thought. I mean, I, from what I saw, I thought he looked like he was moving the ball around quite well. But yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, maybe he wasn't like as um, how do you say as um, decisive, you know, as, as some of the other players. But no, but Sanson, yeah, I, I think. Uh... Maybe it's unfair, but uh, uh, when I, you know, I, I did some uh, uh, videos of, of some um, games part, especially against D- DC, and uh, there was one uh, game session I got like 700 uh, likes and 200 retweets or something for uh, a missed action, and um, because actually he played well, and and you could see that uh, Sanson was the playmaker, was uh, really the the only one on the pitch making decisions about uh, the movement. And uh, I did replay the, uh, the, the the sessions uh, with better quality of, of the OM shooting. And yes, um, I, you could see there was 27 passes uh, on a row uh, from defense to uh, like attack to have like a decisive action. And that Sanson was the one uh, we, that that was taking the ball from the from the opponent, and that was leading the the action from the beginning to the end. 
so no, I, I think yeah, he had some some good moments, and yes, uh, when he have when he has responsibility, he can he can really take them. Um, but yeah, to answer your questions, yes, Strutman was uh, was uh, efficient, especially the connection between Strutman and Payet, because I think like two mm-hmm. of the goals at least of of Payet were from uh, assists by Strutman. So I think yeah, they, finally they they can uh, play well to, together. Uh, I think it was really the, the this US two was really the blossom of uh, Radonich. Um, so we have uh, uh, a private jokes at the OM San Francisco because uh, I did print the Radonich jersey before he played the first game um, <laughs> because uh, I said, okay, I want young players. I bet it, and I I, I got his jersey uh, before I could even see one game of his, and uh, so everybody was making fun <laughs> of me. Uh, but uh, but yeah, this for this US two. I think just for me, he scored like uh, two, two, two goals, beautiful goals. Two goals he made yeah. a good impact on the uh, on the game, and uh, he finally delivered what we what we dream, or at least what I dreamed about him. So I think yeah, he, we we could have um, good chances uh, uh, with him uh, on the on, on the pitch uh, this, this season. Um, yeah, the on on the the new hire Alvaro gave me a good impression. Uh, and and then yes, the usual suspect like uh, Carmel, Luis Gustavo. Obviously, they, they did a good job, even if uh, Luis Gustavo got injured. Um, Mandanda yeah, made some good uh, good stops, so I think uh, he could he could make a good season. I'm I'm I'm, I'm positive. Uh, Lopez, yeah, I think he, I think he's very happy in his uh, AVB system and style of play, uh, so he will thrive. And about the youngsters. Um, I was a little bit disappointed by Rokia because on the goal by uh, Saint-Etienne against us, uh, we mm. were just like two meters from uh, Rokia and, and we could see that he didn't um, fight as much as he could uh, to stop the, the Saint-Etienne players to, to center and, uh, and that's led, led to, to a goal. Uh, Germain, yeah, I think he was kind of not fully really much into the game, but uh, I, was, I really loved uh, Nkunku. Uh, Nielsen Kunku was a, a very nice person. First, he was the only one like to stop every time we were uh, waiting for for the players to have a signatures, anything. But even on the, on the pitch, yeah, he, he, he gave me a good impression. And um, I know that from uh, his interview that uh, one of the players that Evi um, liked the most was Chabrol. Chabrol usually is more like a, a right winger uh, in, in previous seasons, but you, you made him play uh, at the center uh, in midfield, and um, and Evb was very happy about him, and um, and obviously yes, uh, Lihaji was uh, um, was also pro- promising, so maybe he's a is a little bit uh, uh, too young yet, but I think yeah we could uh, uh, try him to to give him uh, his chances. Uh, uh, for, for a few times in this season, and he can do good things. So, so yeah, overall, yeah, and then then lo- all the youngsters like um, Ali Mohamed, uh, um, all of them were like uh, um, pretty 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 positive. So, um, so I think yeah, overall it was a, a good season. But yes, again, we have to see that uh, at the real competition and uh, when everybody is is, is back. But um, but uh, yeah, I think. Uh, uh, I, I share the feeling with AVB that uh, finally the, the youngsters can also uh, level, level up their game uh, to, to, this, to, to be able to play uh, uh, with the, the starting eleven. Yeah, yeah. I think um, back back to sorry back to when you guys were saying that AVB expressed frustration at the timing of the tour and stuff. I think I think his main frustration is due to his usual schedule of preseason where he, he likes to have a morning session and an afternoon training yeah. session. And that, that uh-huh. was his main complaint, is that because of the jet lag and, and 
the, the short time between the games. He didn't have time to do that. And since they arrived back in Marseille, um, they've, they've, they're doing the double session. So I think that, yeah, the signs were there in those games, as you guys said, that the players are adapting to the tactic. And I think with, with the next week where they, they fully concentrate, because we were supposed to have another friendly game um, on Wednesday, I think, but they cancelled yeah. that. Yeah. To purely focus on, on working together and, and drilling the tactic. And I think that's that's going to be very positive. So, fingers crossed, touch words. Yes, we continue to see the team improve and grow into the system. Yeah. Um, actually, you touched on a lot of things that I wanted to ask on. Um, so, um, just a couple of things very I'll, I'll just mention again, just for the others. Like, So, you, oh no, you mentioned about Radonjic. Um, do you all think that we, this could be a year where we see finally see Radonjic blossom into a, a even potentially in the start a member of the starting eleven? Um, are, are you are you feeling these same sort of positive kind of sort of um, vibes that I'm getting about him, or am I jumping to conclusions? No, no. I, f- I think this player needs a lot of confidence because uh, uh, his attacking game is very aggressive. Is is very audacious, that is a lot about dribbling, like at a very high high space. Um, so so yes, if you like hesitating, you you just miss dribbling and you miss the action uh, completely. Um, but uh, yes, I think he, he gained confidence, and I think these these two goals and and all of these actions were um, helping him to gain confidence and to to get also the confidence of his uh, teammates. Mm-hmm. And that yes, eventually, yeah, uh, if. Uh, he made a good start in the in the season and actual competition. Yes, he can do very good and uh, he can uh, really really help us. Uh, like like you know like Pepe did for 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 Lille or um, it's but yes for 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 his type of play it's is either like wonderful or a disaster. But uh, it, it's it, his game is all about like uh, like going very fast dribbling and going going straight to the goal and and, and striking so it's yes it's uh, it's it's everything or nothing but uh, but I think yes with some confidence like he he gained uh, for this tournament uh, he could uh, he could do very good yeah in this season yeah I agree I, I think he'll fit in nice with AVB so and and, and his style of play well, we need him now as well. We've lost a campus in the left wing, and it don't look like we've been linked with anyone really coming in in that area. So, um, mm-hmm. Payet seems to be moving out to the left. So, um, yeah, we need we need a Radonjic that can actually offer something on the pitch. So, I think maybe the 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 faith that will be put in him, we might you know might see the rewards from with that, as you said, Arno, with that confidence that's placed in him. Maybe we'll, we'll get it. We'll get something back from it. Um, also, just like you know, you mentioned about the young players. Like, what, um, do you see any of them actually breaking into the team? You know, whether it's Rokia or Nkunku at left back or um, Lehaji or Chabrol in attack. Do you <coughs> think realistically we might see some, one or two of those players break in the team the same way that Lopez or Kamara have? From what you've seen, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think Rukia particularly looks impressive. I think the, 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 what worries me, and it's not it's not against him, but him and Amavi are actually quite similar players, and they've got the same weaknesses. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, Rukia looks a bit more athletic, but he's he's the same as Amavi. He can't see anything in his back, and he's, he he seems to have lapses in concentration or lapses in in intensity. So I don't. I think Nkunku maybe has has a better chance of playing, but. Um, 
yeah, I think for, for me, the, yeah, the, the main two that could establish themselves is Ar- Chabrol if he can adapt to playing on one of the wings. And um, Philippe Bonneau, who, who wasn't on the tour because he was playing an yeah. international tournament with the, um, the, the, the sort of a France under-19s, I believe. But he looks like a very good prospect. And if, if we were to sell Sanson or someone in midfield, I think that I don't really think we, we would need to, you know, to, to recruit someone there. I mean, I'd, I'd be quite happy to give him some game time, especially if Streetman carries like, this, this form into the, the actual Ligue 1 games. So for me, they're the main two. And, and yeah. Liagi, hopefully, Liagi gets some game time because he's, you know, he is he is a special talent from what we've seen. Yeah. And we want to nurture him and we we want him to sign a deal. And, and, and for him to sign a deal, we've got to prove to him that we're going to give him some playing time. Okay. Right. Um, what about you, Ryan? Do you see any of them breaking into the team? Um, yeah, I mean, I like Kunku. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, he's, I think, in my opinion, better than Rokia. Um, but, you know, yeah, someone to replace him would be great. And, you know, to get him in that spot, I think, would be would be good. Um, you know, I don't really have much to say about any of the others. I mean, I like what AVB had to say about Chevrolet, very technical. You know, I mean, he definitely pleased him. So I think he'd be a good player. Uh, to integrate more in the team, but not not nothing else really stood out too much to me though. And the other youngsters. Okay, right. Um, I think we've probably said enough then about um, the the preseason. I mean, the only like comment I would make, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this, is I felt like we looked a bit vulnerable at set pieces at the back. Um, you know, like caught, we, we conceded a couple of goals from corners, and noticed a few times when you know we were getting balls swung in, we just man marking and stuff was a bit all over the place. But I, mm-hmm. you know, I think in pre-season maybe that's to be expected. Perhaps you know you're still kind of players are still getting used to you know the system, especially a new coach and all that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to. Yeah, I think. Um... I think Luca commented on that. I don't know if it was in our Twitter chat or or the, nah. the WhatsApp chat, but he he's right though, and and it, it has always been one of ADB's weaknesses. I think he it's, it reminds me a bit of the Arsenal Wenger zonal marking, where Arsenal seems to always get caught out by physical players and set pieces. I think he's got a similar system, so it 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 will be, I think, one of our one of our downfalls this season. Because it's always been a downfall of AVB. Oh, I, I didn't know that. So if that's the case, we keep an eye on that then. Yeah, see for how, how that develops as the season goes on. Because that's worrying. Um, yeah, so I just I wanted to talk a little bit about the Mercato as, um, as we've been doing over the summer. So actually, like since we've um, last podcasted, we have had our first signing. And you, you mentioned him earlier on. It's Alvaro um, Gonzalez. Um, from Villarreal at the back, and we've already seen him in action now um, during the pre-season tour. What are your thoughts on the signing? Alvaro did a good impression um, to to me. Yeah, he was he was serious. He was uh, he has a good um, good pass also on 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 long range. So so yeah, I think he will he will do good. It's good to have a um, another type of of players in a, as a central defender. Um, and I think that yes, with Camara, Deye, uh, him, and uh, Luca Perron, that also give me a good impression. I think we have our four uh, centre back uh, that are that are good. So I think yeah, he has a, a good spirit as well, good mentality, um, and he can bring also his experience to 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 the team. And and that without saying that we have now in the staff also Ricardo Cavallo, uh, who has one of the 
very good uh, central defender, so he can give them all uh, good good advice. So I think yeah, we are set for the for the central defense. What about you? Do you what do you feel about Avaro? What's your first impressions? I mean, I, I didn't catch much of. I only saw him against DC, and yeah, you, you know, you can't really read much from that game because it, that was a true friendly, and, and DC were quite frankly piss poor. But yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with with Arnold's assessment that yeah, I'm, I'm happy that we we needed to sign an experienced centre back to to chaperone the you know the two youngsters that I think clearly will be the, the two starters, and who knows. You know, the, we're talking about a player, Alvaro Gonzalez, who, who has played more than 250 games in, in La Liga. So maybe he forces his way into the team, which, you know, for five million, if that happens and he, he puts in some solid performances, I think we'll all be happy. But um, yeah, I, I, I think his mentality is good. I, I know that it, with the club at the minute and the marketing and, and the messaging, it's hard to read into these interviews and stuff. But he seems, you know, he seems to realise that what he's walking into in terms of, he, he sees it as a step up for him and, and for a player that's 29 years old, it's probably his last big challenge. And he's, you know, he's played a lot of Europa league games as well with Villarreal. So it, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the signing for the price we got him at. I, I think that it's good that he's foreign because he won't fit, fall into that trap of, you know, dicking around with, with the French players and, and the flash cars and all those games. So, um, yeah, so far so good. Yeah. I was scared that to be honest, that, um, uh... Alvaro Sanning were just uh, to have an argument uh, to say, hey, we have Zubizaweta, but he never signed any La Liga players. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so what's the point of having Zubizaweta? And <laughs> finally, I, I was scared that Alvaro was just, okay, okay, see, we, we have a La Liga player now. Uh, but at least he gives a lot of pressure on Zubizaweta and, and, and Alvaro will have to deliver. But uh, I think uh, he's just a uh, um, uh, type of, uh, of, of players he can count in and... Uh, um, so uh, hopefully uh, he will do good, yeah. Um, what about you, Ryan? Are you expecting much of him? Do you see him being a, a starter as the season goes on, or more of a squad player? Any thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I see him as a starter. Like like everyone said, I mean, he brings a lot of experience to the team, and I think he's going to be a good influence on the other players. I mean, he does seem like he's motivated and serious, at least in the, the short interview that I saw and some of the things I read. So, yeah, I, I'm interested in, like Arno said, I mean, from Zubi Zaretta going out and searching him. I mean, you know, we'll see what comes of it, but I think it's a good signing. Right. Okay, brilliant. Uh, um, I mean, I have to say, I personally, I, I wasn't I wasn't familiar with him before, so I was kind of a bit disappointed, um, you know, because obviously you generally want to sign players that you know that are good. But, I mean, he might turn out to be the kind of understated player that we might need, you know, with how, when we've had hmm. players... And we've been signing players recently that are big eagles and stuff that haven't really always performed. So he might be the just he might bring the kind of professionalism and just sort of you know the right attitude that we that we might be missing. So hopefully we'll, we'll get to benefit from him, but we'll see as the season goes on, I guess. Um, yeah, interestingly, just, just just on the final point on the DC game, we actually played with three at the back, and, and you know we played with him, Cameron, and Coletta Cara all playing together. Yeah, and and. You know, whilst we remember that Rudy Garcia would try these crazy fucking tactical experiments in actual league games that have a meaning and with points in play, it's good that AVB is testing these systems out in pre-season, which is the time to do it. And who knows, maybe in maybe in the big games, that might be a system that he, 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 revert, he reverts to and we, we get to see all three of them play together. Yeah, perhaps, yeah. Um, I, I was hoping that we would have had another arrival to discuss... Um, he hasn't arrived yet, but I think we're all assuming that he's going to be coming in the coming days. 
um, which is Dario Benedetto, and I know we talked about him on the last podcast, um, but I was interested to hear what your guy, you guys from the states, if you had any thoughts on him and if you're excited about this potential signing. Yeah, I'm very excited about him. Um, so the thing is that yeah, I organized some uh, in San Francisco's uh, the um, Copa Libertadores final, um, and so um, I could gather a lot of people from uh, Argentina, and then I could uh, discuss with them. And even on the final, I mean, uh, these guys knew how to deliver. He's he's called one goal, and he has totally the spirit and um, yeah, the, that that we like uh, in Marseille. So yes, is. Not so young, so yes, we will not be able to um, to to make money out of him by selling him uh, in in the future. Um, but I think yeah, a striker is such an um, important position, especially for us in our team. I think this is the only uh, missing piece. Um, we could see also in the US there was a lot of actions and suddenly a center and nobody is is in the is in the box. So uh, I think yeah, having a good striker like him. Uh, would make a difference if he's not injured, but I think it would be okay because we, you 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 saw it last year. I mean, we had a good team overall, but we didn't have a striker. And it's only once uh, Balotelli arrived that we started to to win games that uh, otherwise we would not uh, be winning. So I think I'm okay with uh, not having like a youngsters to have everything to uh, demonstrate because number one, we don't have so much cash, and number two, I think yes. Uh, He'll fit very well with both the spirit and and he's the number one priority of AVB. So I um, tend to to trust also um, AVB. But uh, yeah, uh, if we can finally make him uh, make it with him, so uh, I think I will be uh, very happy. Okay, yeah. Um, what about you, Ryan? Is he a player that you're familiar with? Have you got any expectations, or are you in the dark like a lot of us? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a little bit in the dark. I mean, I know that he's one of the top three scorers in his league. Um, I mean, I think he would be a great addition. I love Argentinian players. I, you know, I think that, I mean, we need him. We need someone to play that position. But, I mean, it's what he's never played in Europe. He's been injured a lot uh, over the last few years. I mean, they say, I read somewhere that he leaves nothing on the pitch except for his body parts, you know, just because he's been getting hurt. And I'm just... I'm I'm hopeful. I mean, I think that everything will work well, and that he he would be a good addition to our team. I mean, I'm just hoping it's not uh, Mitra Glue, you know, 2.0 or something. I, I don't see that <laughs> happening, you know. But it's just uh, I I do think that if he's healthy and he plays, uh, I mean, I think he'll fit in just fine with the team, just as long as he's healthy. Um, I think he'd be a really great addition to our team. So I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, to seeing him play. Right. Yeah, yeah. Traditionally, the Argentinian players do well in Marseille. So, yeah, hopefully he mm-hmm. he, he carries that tradition of, you know, the, the, la- the last ones we've had. Gabi Heinze was great. Um, yeah. Lucho Gonzalez was great for the, the first few, sort of, well, the first season and a half. And um, then Campos was great. Yeah. Um, actually, that's interesting, the Metroglu comparison, because you, you, I think, said that last time, didn't you, Ben? You were a bit worried that he could be a Metroglu-like signing. And that if we can get anyone else, we've gone for him. But it seems a bit early in the summer to be doing that. I think, you know, I'd like to think the fact that we've been going from from pretty much the start of the the transfer period suggests that is a player that we've been watching for a while. That we're that is maybe mm-hmm. our primary target. It just for me mainly the the most important thing is to have him on the pitch for the first game of the season so that we he, yeah. he adapts very quickly. 
you know, I'm just relieved that we're not fucking about and waiting until the 31st of August at 11:55 p.m. to to sign a striker. So if we can do the deal, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully we do yeah. the deal. Yeah, but I think I think the, the the latest indication seems to be that he will be a Marseille player by the 1st of August, and then I don't know if he'll play against Napoli, but I, I would imagine that Iro. And, and the club, for, for all the marketing purposes, would like to parade him on the pitch ahead of that game if he yeah, doesn't yeah. play. And it would make sense. Yeah. 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 Um, just thinking about, um, well, we've had one departure, official departure recently. Um, in the last week, it's Clinton and G has gone to Dynamo Moscow, I think for five and a half million euros. Um, are you as happy that He's he's gone, or is he a player you would have preferred to have kept in the squad? Uh, is this where we we try not to mention his awkward video? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't I, I wasn't going to ask about it. But... Wow! <laughs> come on, come on, we can't not mention it. But look, clearly, look. I, th- thanks, thanks for the memories. Good riddance. You know, he's not had a huge impact, but he has scored some important goals in us, and he was he was instrumental in the in the Europa League run last season, where he got you know he, he got the decisive goal to qualify us from the group stage. And he scored the second against Salzburg that saved our bacon in the return leg. So, uh, yeah, look, he's gone. I, I'm a little bit disappointed that we didn't use him a bit more because every time he came on the pitch, he's got the pace and, and he did look like if he had a run at a defender, he would, he would you know, cause them trouble. But there's a reason if, if Garcia didn't trust him and now AVB has sanctioned his departure, there's, there's, there's obviously a valid reason for that. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm into that. No, I agree. I'm, I'm fine with him leaving. I mean, I, I don't think he's a bad player by any means, but yeah, it's just like Ben said. He's just not good enough, is he, to really make a massive impact, is he, other than what he's already done? Um, and I, I exactly. Think, yeah, I think we talked about this last month in the podcast when we were talking about potential departures. He's not one that, you know, anyone's going to cry over leaving. Um, and, um, you know, as you said, Ben, and what we've seen in the last couple of days as well, like, it just makes me think, you know, that he's a, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. He's just not really what, what you want. You know, he's not really much of a, I don't know, he just, he's, he's a bit of an idiot, you know. Um, I, I just got doubts about his personality <laughs> in the group. and yeah, yeah. just I, Idiot's a nice way of putting it, but no, he's, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. he, he, he brings you back to those footballing stereotypes of footballers. Exactly, that, you know, the, dark, yeah. the dark ages, I've got a load of money, I'm going to blow it on, on hookers and, and drugs and, and alcohol and, you know, <laughs> fill your boots, mate, fill your boots. You know, I don't judge him. I, I, who knows, I'd probably do the same, but no, <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's not the type of way you want. No, no, touch wood. Cool. Yeah. Um, so um, I've, there's a couple of rumours I wanted to mention actually um, briefly because we're obviously we've, we've um, been very quiet in the actual um, arrivals and departures. Um, so in the last few days, we've seen um, Tovan kind of gone quiet for a while over the summer, but now we're starting to see rumours about him maybe um, going to Valencia or even Arsenal, I think, was was has popped up today as well. Um, do you think that, do you think we're going to lose him or do you think he's going to stay? I, I think, you know, I think the, the Arsenal rumours bullshit because they're quite clearly going to do um, Pippi. So <clears throat> I, I, I'm surprised he's not been linked with Lille. <laughs> but then again, there is a toxic history between him and that club. So yeah. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I don't think. Look, if we if we lose him, yeah, it's, it would be a massive, you know, th- despite what I may think of him personally, and the fact that I think he goes missing too often, and and sometimes he's a bit temperamental when he throws a tantrum. Yeah, he's look, he's been our top goalscorer for the last three years, and he's 
he's been he's got an gotten us out of really really tough situations and he's come up with the goods more often than not. So if he goes and we fail to replace him with a player of similar caliber, we are going to suffer. We're going to lose, you know, a very very instrumental player and Valencia for thirty five million euros. They'd be getting him for cheap, and I wouldn't blame him for wanting to go there because it's a good you know it's a good sort of it's a similar level club, so the pressure isn't that high. But they're playing for Champions League football, and, and he obviously wants to be in the the Euro twenty twenty squad with France, and that would give him good exposure. Yeah, I, I think yeah, obviously uh, Tovan saved us uh, so many times, and and. It was uh, the, the the winning uh, part of our team uh, so, so many times, uh, but yes, I think first year it's, it's type of a pity to see that a player like Pepe uh, is announced like two times the price of uh, of what we could now expect for Tovan. I think uh, Tovan delivered much more than and Pepe has done, even if he's not uh, as young, but uh, he's not that old. Uh, uh, otherwise. Um, but, uh, I, I but, agree yeah, with uh, that, yeah, because I think Pepe's had one good season, maybe a half mm, good yeah. season. I know Tovan maybe wasn't as good as Pepe last year, and he's older, but he's been consistent over three seasons, three and a half seasons like yeah. that. That's ridiculous. That they, that, yeah, that they, so, that so that's why, yeah, I, I think if we could sell uh, Tovan for 80 uh, million, he will save us on, on many aspects because we need that cash. We could uh, balance the team. We can find a good solutions, and uh, but yes, uh, it doesn't look like we have uh, any offer of that sort. Um, but yes, I was still thinking, you know, analyzing the the, the short pass game um, and all the only uh, two touches uh, type of uh, style of play we had uh, in the US tour. Uh, I was thinking, oh wow, if Dova was on the pitch, these twenty-seven passes on a wall would not would not have happened. He would have taken the ball and tried to go to the to the, to the box by himself and, and shoot by himself, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know, yeah, uh, he saved us so many times and, and we have to be grateful, but uh, um, will he be totally compatible with the uh, AVB style of play if we want to, to put it in place? Uh, I think, yeah, he can do good with AVB, obviously, but uh, uh, if we can make a lot of money out of him right now, uh, it's, the, the, it's the moment or never because uh, he only has two years of, uh, of contract remaining, um, and I don't want to sell him for like 20 million like uh, uh, Leon did with Fekir, you know. Um, Absolutely. So that's why um, I think, yeah, uh, they, they are listening to the offers and and we have to do something good out of it. But uh, but yes, I agree that yeah, if we sell him, we have to, to replace uh, with someone uh, uh, with, with good skills. That's why it's, it's a pity that we, we saw players like uh, Marcus Turam, uh, Etc. Leave for not so much um, money already because all these options now are exhausted for her. So, um, so yeah, that's why. Um, at least um, the Mercato in in the UK will will close um, um, before uh, the Mercato in, in in France. So eventually, all these options uh, will be uh, will be will be closed. But I, apparently, yeah, the only um, hot uh, attempt was from uh, from Valencia. So. Yeah, we'll we'll see, but yes, uh, I think uh, it's a, it's a blowy situation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and no, that that goes a long way to explain his price tag. Just to, to finish on that point, is that Pippi is hot property because he's had an exciting season. He you know, he scored in big games against PSG, and there was Lille had a great season, and and also he's in demand because of his pace and his attributes, etc. And and he, he's a typical type of player that the Premier League would would would. Big, yeah. big money for and and the fact is Tovan isn't because he's come over here yeah. he failed yes the context probably wasn't favourable but he's 
if if you don't have any English clubs, like big English clubs that are interested and, and, and that, that doesn't encourage a bidding war, then you, you're just not going to reach those kind of figures. And that is the case with Tavon, unfortunately. Yeah. Stale as well. Right. I think Pepe is a very athletic player. He's very fast. Um, he runs, you know, he, just, he, he runs at defences, and that's kind of um, the kind of style of player that attracts to English football. Um, not saying Tovan isn't, um, you know, hasn't got pace and can't run at you, but he's not. He's not as explosive as Pepe. Um, and I think um, Tovan's probably more suited to like say somewhere like Spain or something. He's just a very, very typical kind of like. Um, continental sort of technical player um, that maybe wouldn't necessarily fit in in the Premiership. Um, so yeah, I think that's a factor maybe in that as well. But why Pepe seems so appealing to big English clubs? And um, what about you, Ryan? Do you do you think we're going to lose Tovan? Um, I mean, I, I don't think so. I have a feeling he's going to stay. I mean, I think it, honestly, I think it would probably be better for him if he left and went to Valencia. Like we were saying, I mean, they they'll have a you know. I don't know. I think it would be better for him, but I mean, I get, I get like what you guys are talking about. I mean, in my opinion, Pepe is just a lot more fun to watch play, honestly, you know, and, uh, you know, Tovin, I have a lot of respect for him and I appreciate him a lot, but even like Arno said, I mean, I was, when I was watching the league on games, the EA games, I was thinking if, if Tovin's here, these games would be a lot different. And, uh, I think we played a lot better without him, to be honest, as much as I appreciate him. I think that, um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see how he plays under ABB. But um, again, I think I think we did a lot better with him not on the pitch in those games, which I, I don't like saying, but that's just kind of my opinion. That's really interesting that you guys both said that. I hadn't really thought about that. And uh, that kind of makes me a bit concerned, actually, that maybe he isn't right for us anymore or the impact he has in the rest of the, the eleven. Um, when he's playing, mm-hmm. so yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see if he stays. You know, to to, to see where we're going to figure that one out. But um, there was a couple of other things worth mentioning. I mean, in terms of rumours, um, actually, I'm going to skip over them. I just wanted to think about um before we finish up tonight. Just like looking at the Mercato, um, some of the arrival clubs have been making like Leon, Leo, Monaco, PSG. So, do you feel like um, we're lagging behind in, in terms of what 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 we're building for next season. Have we got anything to be worried about? And which which clubs do you think are um, you know looking like they're making good business this summer, and which aren't? Do you think that we might be able to take advantage of as the season starts? Well, Lyon, for all their faults, I mean, I was at the Emirates earlier, so I saw the Arsenal Lyon friendly. Just decided to rush home to to make sure I was back in time for this, but um. Lyon beat Arsenal earlier, but they, they they didn't play very well. I mean, they they Arsenal could have had four goals before Lyon equalised. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, the, 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 I think they look for, for saying that they've <laughs> lost Fikir, etc. I don't think they're going to replace Fikir, which is um, I, I think they'll look to their academy, which is they they tend to do. Um, they've made Tago Mendes as a player I wouldn't have mind having because he reminds me of a you know a younger, fitter Luis Gustavo. But we'll see if he comes good in that system and. Whilst whilst I think Lyon have done all right on the market in terms of who they've signed, um, there's still the big question mark of a you know a, a quite an inexperienced manager and to- totally inexperienced in Europe certainly. So that's they, Lyon don't necessarily worry me too much, especially because they'll they'll have you know Champions League football and the likelihood is they'll finish third in their group and they'll end up in the Europa League. So they'll, they they will run out of steam, I reckon. So I think they will be 
less of an issue for us than they were this season. But then again, this season, we were our, our own worst enemy and we failed to keep up with them because they did drop quite a few points. Um, Lille, if they sell Pippi, well, they're, they're going to, but if, the, if it's for that money, I'd be curious to see how much of that actually gets reinvested because... You know, they Gerard Lopez when he when he took over the club had to had to go through some quite shady and onerous financial you know compromises in terms of lenders and borrowing. So I would imagine he would like to reimburse some of that from that money. But again, they they they're on a positive dynamic, and and you would I'm quite surprised they haven't signed more high profile players than than they have been doing because they've got Champions League football. So I think they they'll. Unfortunately for them, they will sort of fade away and they'll be in the battle for third place, but they're not going to run away with second place. Um, Saint-Étienne is probably the only other club that I think of, you know, they're in the positive spiral, positive dynamic, question mark over their manager, but I think they've, they've kept the core squad together. They did very well to get 11 million for Kabila. We, we got a million of that as well. Which is more than what we sold them for a year ago, which... Just shows you how poor we are at selling players. Well, I think we're improving in that department, but no, it's, we'll, we'll get there. It's a journey, like everything with Marseille. But um, yeah, I think I don't think that they've had the, the, the teams around us that we will be competing with have, have had very, you know, have had exciting transfer windows. And, and if we do the Benedetto deal, I think we would have had the better transfer window out of the top four, top five. Interesting. How do you guys feel about that? Are you worried about the business that's happening with our rivals? You feel like we are getting weaker while they're getting stronger or the other way around? No, I agree. If we can make Benedetto, I'm I'm, I'm okay. I'm pretty confident with the, the, the team. Um, so I think, yeah, we can we can do something good because uh, I agree yeah, that Lyon, after losing uh, uh, Fekir and Dombele, so, um, and having the new coach, they will have to to find the, the right chemistry. So, and again, yeah, they will be busy with the Champions League and everything. So they made also new new, new signings like uh, Andersen. So um, all these have to, 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 to prove their value in, in, in Ligue 1. Um, but yeah, Lille, uh, again, I agree. Even if uh, they signed uh, Andre, I think it's a good good player. That's someone that could, could have been a good addition to Marseille if we would not have a clouded uh, midfield like we have. Um, so yeah, after Monaco, it's um, it's, it's even uh, it's even more chaotic. Uh, but yeah, uh, they they can do much better, obviously, than they did last season. Uh, and I believe, yeah, also that yeah, Saint Etienne, Bordeaux. I mean, they didn't make so much uh, good additions to their team that we have to be scared of. So um, at the end, yeah, I'm I'm still confident that uh, we can do good, that FVB can do good, and our, and that our team can be good enough to. To reach the free and uh, but yes, that is only if we can make uh, a good striker, Benedetto or someone else, but quickly and from the beginning of the the season. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel I, I feel I feel like we're just kind of on equal footing with them. I don't feel like anybody signed anybody or, I mean, Leon. It'll be interesting. I'm interested in seeing what their season's like. You know, like uh, with Fikir gone and Dembele gone, and how they're going to put their team together. Um, so I don't I don't see anything like that that jumps out at me or makes me go shit you know we're, we're really in trouble I don't see that I mean like like Ben said we were we were our own worst enemy last year so um, I'm not too worried about those teams I do think Monaco will have a much better season than they did last year but overall I don't I'm not too worried about um, any of them I, I'm more interested in seeing how well we'll we'll do together as a team um, yeah yeah and I think. 
that's probably a good way, you know, to sum that up is we really need to just focus on ourselves really rather than worry mm-hmm. about everyone else. Um I actually I mean I agree with the points you are all making. I'm I mean I'm not sure if we're on equal footing, but I do think that there's a the part of me sort of what thinks that it's possible that everyone's kind of weakening a little bit. Um, uh-huh. We've seen like as we would have done in previous seasons, but I think in the last few years we've not. Um, some of the stronger teams have been able to build themselves up in Ligana a little bit, but um, this this summer's a bit more like the patterns we've seen for many years, which is generally the best players often are sold. Um, and yeah, I think like Leon, I personally think yeah, although they lost a couple of the top players, I thought their signings are quite good actually, and the new manager might bring something that they've been missing. And you know when they've had kind of weak coaches for a number of years, so they you know they're one that I'm a bit wary of. It could go disastrously wrong for them as well, but they could they could turn out to be really um, a major threat even for Paris Saint Germain, I think. And um, Leo, I'm thinking are going to struggle. I, I've got a feeling, I just think it looks like they're selling Pepe, they're selling Rafael, Rafael Leo. Um, there's poss- I think I've read that Sumaro is going, Mendes is gone. Um, it looks like they're selling a lot of their, their better players. Um, they've already sold Coney to Leon as well. So I think if I was a Leo fan, I'd be a bit worried, especially, you know, I think they can, I don't expect them they're not getting linked with any players so I'm not expecting them to spend a lot of money um, yeah that is their business plan though isn't it they, they they clearly on the business plan to maximise profit on young players which is what Campos who is their sporting director did at Monaco so yeah yeah, I think for them I think for you I agree with you Steph you're yeah, you would be worried as a Lille fan with the players they're selling, but you'd be more worried with the calibre of players they're actually targeting, which, exactly. quite frankly, mm-hmm. quite frankly, they're not Champions League level players, are they? No, exactly. Um, Monaco is a funny one, I think. It's, it looks like they're about to be active, but wait and see who they sign. I know they're about to spend a lot of money on a striker um, and a midfielder. So uh, you, you don't know with Monaco, you never know. Sometimes you just throw the cash about and... They just bring in everyone, and sometimes they don't. You never know what to expect with them. And then, yeah, so I think, like, actually, I think PSG is a bit disappointing. Um, I think their signings are quite underwhelming at the moment, and we don't we don't know if they're going to keep Neymar either. But I would think, like, if any of the top sides um, do, you know, do well this summer, the, you know, and Paris Saint-Germain don't strengthen well beyond what they've already done, I think that they could find themselves um, not. I'm not saying they're going to lose the league, but being pushed a bit more than they have done in the last season. Um, we'll see, though. We'll see, I'm not convinced about PSG at the moment, and I've got a sense that th- their project seems to be dying out a little bit. But um, I might be wrong. As I, I'm probably being wishful as an OM fan, but. But yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm not. I'm not impressed generally with the tra- like the, the players that are coming into league and this summer. Though I feel like it's a little bit underwhelming, um, and maybe that's given us a bit of breathing space to not worry about the fact that we've lost players and we are not spending a lot of money. So, so yeah. Um, I think just we're going to finish up, and just before we finish up, I just like would because um, we've got an, one more upcoming friendly before we start the season in a couple of weeks' time against Rams. So the, the we're actually playing Napoli next week. Um I think at home at the Stad Velodrome. Um what are your thoughts about this game? Do you think we're gonna see the fruits of a like positive US tour or do you think we're in for a, a, a bit of a, a humbling from a very good team? 
Yeah, Avibi was very serious about this game. He was mentioning all during the, the US tour, this Napoli game. He felt like, um, yeah, this um, preseason tour was just the opportunity to get ready before Napoli. Um, he mentioned Napoli much more than he mentioned the first game of the actual season. Um, so maybe, yeah, there's some, um, uh, obviously, firm aspect to play against Napoli. So if uh, Andre Villas-Boas is beating Napoli, you know, he could uh, make up his name, whatever. Uh, but yes, I think um, it will be, uh, yeah, uh, a decisive game for, for him to to really be able to put his uh, starting eleven on the pitch and, and to deliver. I think he was the only um, friendly at home. So um, I think it's it's an important game for AVB, uh, more than we could think of. Um, and uh, yeah, so it'll be a good opportunity because Celia and Napoli is, is it's a great team. Uh, we'll see also how it goes on the supporter side because uh, uh, there's a good, big rivalry between Napoli and uh, Marseille fans. So mm. hopefully he's doing it will be good. But uh, but yes, I think it will be um, a good preparation uh, for the for the first um, game of the league one. Okay. Yeah, I think it's yeah, yeah I agree with all of that. Yeah, the rivalry and this. I think they've sold fifty thousand tickets already, which Whoa. is good. So the, the stadium the stadium will be, wow. will be pretty full. So that, you know, it'd be good for us to watch all of us to watch at home because we'll be able to see, you know, the, the, the Vélodrome and, and it's been a while and we've all missed it, I imagine, and the atmosphere. But, um, yeah, I think I, what worries me is I, I, I'm trying to find the final score. I can't, but they were 3-0 up against Liverpool earlier. They are 3 they, they Yeah, that's, a, that's that. the final you, score. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, you sort of look at that and you go, <laughs> I mean, I, grant, granted, you know, Liverpool are missing quite a few key players who played in, in the African Cup of Nations and... And, um, you know, they're missing their two main strikers, Salah and, and Mane. But, yeah, they've not had a great pre-season. They put out a pretty good team, Liverpool. I'm just looking at it right now. It's a pretty solid team. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good team. I just think they're, then you know, they're not quite fit yet. I mean, I don't, it yeah. doesn't look like they're, they're quite there. Whereas, uh-huh. compared to compared to a team like Tottenham, who, who look like they've had a very good pre-season, and they look like they're going to they're gonna hit the ground running. So, yeah, I mean, Napoli... You know, we know Napoli. We Carlo Ancelotti, we know him as well. They're you know good manager, good team. They're quite aggressive. They've got a, a very dynamic style of play. It is a big test for us, and I, I would imagine we will we will come under quite a bit of pressure. But uh, look, we I, I remember saying the same thing when we played Juventus a few years ago. And I mean, granted, Bielsa was still our manager, and you know we yeah. we were we were the dogs' bollocks back then, but. We still beat them, and Alessandrini scored a wonder goal. So, yeah, you never know. You never know. I mean, I'm looking forward to it because even if we do lose, then it gives you know we'll calm people down, and I think we're all we're all on a positive note right now because you know we've we've had a good preseason tour in the US, but at the same time, this this is a real team. One week before the start of the season, this is when it gets real. Your your thoughts on the game? Are you expecting much, Ryan? Ah. Uh. I mean, it's not DC United, like you just said. It's it's a real <laughs> team, you know. So we're not. I'm not expecting uh, a flurry of goals or anything like that. I mean, it's going to be a serious test for us. And but I think that it will be a good way to see, you know, what AVB is going to put in place. And uh, and and just I'm really just interested in seeing how well we do uh, against them. So I mean, I'm I'm hopeful, but you know, it's gonna it's not it's it's gonna be the toughest match we're playing so far in the preseason. And uh, it'll be just interesting to see how it goes. I think with that, we'll finish up, actually, for tonight. Um, we'll run a little bit over time, anyway. But, yeah, just to say thanks very much, guys, for taking part. 
it's good to it's good to have you both um back on the show as well from from San Francisco. So I appreciate you dialing in from from far away and with the t- the time difference and stuff. So thanks very much, guys. It's good to hear your thoughts as well. And I'll, I'll know as well. Really good scouting for us and going to the preseason tour and stuff. So first hand kind of insight to what how things are going down. So brilliant. So yeah, to say thanks very much everyone as well for listening and we'll hopefully. Um, the season will start soon, so we'll hopefully get some regular episodes out as well as the season starts. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your work and uh, Aleluim. Yeah, Aleluim. Thanks, guys. Mm. I appreciate it. Uh, Aleluim. Yeah, cheers, guys. Speak soon.